What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Between Two Coins. I am back, and I'm excited. I am joined by the Turtle King himself, the third best co-host in all the land. Hello, doing, everybody. Mate? I'm doing pretty swell. Doing swell. I'm doing swell. I swollen. You swollen Perhaps. up? Are you inflamed? Perhaps. Oh, you should uh, not necessarily should get that checked out. But it's possible. Yeah, you wouldn't know. I would. I wouldn't know. So. We're joined by Harry Malinsky. Am I saying Malinsky right? Harry Malinsky, aka are, Harry aka Malinsky. crypto vet. Dude, look, and you got the blurred look in behind him. And, yeah, we uh, got to do fancy. Shallow depth fancy. of field. I like it. I like it. I, I do like the setup. How's Texas right now? Oh, Texas is uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, it's it's getting really hot though, really fast. We kind of yeah. lost our. We have our three week window of like good weather. And a little bit of rain, and now I think it's supposed to be 97 on Sunday. So for Mother's Day, we'll be sitting by the pool for sure. It's oh, yeah. Nice. Yep. How uh, how is Texas doing? Okay, so like Florida right now, cost of living is being really stupid. Uh, first of all, housing is going up, and it's getting close to that time of year. People are having to release. They're having decisions about where they want to go. For example, uh Buying a house. That's something my wife and I are considering doing right now. And it, we were looking at one the other day that uh, last year it was sold in 2021 for 190000 There's They have it back on the market for uh, three eighty. So they're going to profit. Completely believe it. They're going to profit $200,000. What does the housing look like in Texas at the moment through all this chaos? Um, it's exactly the same. And, uh, you know, when I first started my, uh, actual YouTube channel, which was, I guess, almost two years ago, uh, I lived in Azel, which is a little town just North of Fort Worth. So it's still basically the city, but like right on the outskirts. Um, and I bought that house there for 283,000. It was, uh, I think four bedroom, three half bath, something like just a little bit bigger family home. And I ended up selling it for over 80,000 more. And then I bought this house. And nice. then since I've owned this house for I've only owned this house for like six and a half months this has gone up 60 or seventy thousand since i've owned it wow so uh i'm hoping to sell this one for just under a million or close to a million in about a year but uh, at that point again it's just dollars right and the reason yeah. why these things are going up is because our dollars value overall is going down so it's not like our shit's getting more valuable mm. you know yeah. <laughs> it's just in comparison to what it's marked as under dollars it's going up so yeah the market here is absolutely crazy so you know like my car is another thing that you know, usually it would be a depreciating asset, but I'm getting offers more and more yeah. just because it's a, a limited edition version. So it, yeah, wild times that we're in. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. What are you hot in right now in crypto? So I know you obviously are an XRP guy. You've done stuff with, you do stuff with NFTs. Obviously you still follow the big, the big boys like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano. What are you most excited about right now in the crypto space in a season where there's a lot of unknowns? There's a lot of chaos. There's the question every single day, are we still going to go up or we go down? What has you going right now in the crypto world? I, I think the, the, it's still going to come back to XRP, and the only reason why is because I think the whole state of crypto as a whole is going to come down to this case. And that was kind of the, the main thing I tried to augment when I was talking about this back when the Christmas of was it 2020 when they uh, dropped the SEC case. Uh, you know, this is more about crypto and decentralization than this is just about XRP. So, like, whether you hate or love XRP, mm -hmm. if the SEC wins and XRP is considered a security, I mean, where does it end? 
and then you know which cryptos do we come after at that point right because there's arguments to be made for ethereum and all these other cryptos that they all started as a security yeah right if i was to put out a token right now and anybody was to buy in early like say whitelist or have access by any other early means that could be come out you could get the sec to come after you right the the nft part and kind of the reason why i really like this aspect is one it's the legal clarity is even more of a gray field and i know that's not what people really want to hear but at least on this point we have intellectual property law kind of backing you up so you know i would be less likely to get sued by the sec or have the cftc come after me for any crypto projects that we create right because i went from being more of the technical analyst and you know trading crypto which i did very successfully on twitch to trying to do more on the development side yeah and man the the legal aspect here is absolutely crazy i've spent so much money on lawyers just to make sure that anything that comes out of our company is 100 percent you know, legally good. Yeah. And there's, you know, speaking of all the things, because that transition you said you made from more of like the consumer and your trading and investing to being on the more business side, you were supposed to be at Bitcoin 2022, but you were not able, A, because of flights, but there was something else that happened. What was happening right around that time with your company? Uh, and has everything been resolved? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's been resolved. Um, you know, with right now, our company actually manages uh, several artists as well as a couple uh, crypto projects and, yeah. and more uh, because I'm currently the director of technology for Penny Fly Entertainment, and we are an artist for artist platform. Um, and it's more in the eyes of, you know, if you're, uh, say, you're a great singer and you play the guitar, right, you know, you write your own music. Why? Yeah. Just because Capital Records has good connections, so you have to give up 80 to 90% of your whole brand to them just to be successful because they are the only ones who have the rights that you can pull from. Well, we have access to those. You know, uh, I did private security for over 10 years. Uh, Tyler Prescott, who's our CEO, he was an actual artist who got deals from Capital Records as well as mm. some of the other big major labels. And when he started this, he's like, we can do better. You know, he's got a lot of connections. And then through the years, he's he's built up the clientele with PennyFly to be just absolutely crazy. And then, you know, me coming along with more connections and then the crypto side, we've just been really, really able to grow the artists from there. And, you know, that's kind of what I really want to see with the, with crypto and everything as a whole. You know, we want to put the power back in our hands. Like we don't yeah. want the government to be in control of everything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. Well, I want to go just tackle get your kind of opinion on a couple of things that have happened recently. Let's start off with the number one thing affecting crypto this week, and that is that Fed announcement that Jerome Powell came out with. Our audience has seen what I think on it this week. Uh, I want to hear your take. So what is your take about the 50 basis points and kind of that confirmation of we're not going to see anything higher for at least another two, if not longer, and then even the potential going back down to 25 basis points. Do you think that is a good move? Do you think that was well? Uh, do you think that was the right move from the Fed or are there concerns that you have about about the announcement and then what are any other details you heard or listened to that uh maybe our channel hasn't even gotten to listen to that take yet yeah, no. Um, so I'm definitely still trying to get other people's opinions and takes on it. But my initial response, and I tried to type it in chat uh, yesterday while y'all were watching it live. Um, and I think you kind of you know nailed it here. Is like they don't really know what they're gonna do, right? Mm -hmm. uh, everything that we go from here on out, we're having. Uh, this is new data that we don't really have the best projections for, right? Because there's so many variables at play, so many you know foreign economic things that are going on, you know every. Everything in our country as far as uh, let's go 
let's just break it down. If we try to do unemployment right now, why is our unemployment still not going up faster, but we're going to enter a recession when there's, you know, plenty of people who need people to go to work, right? So we have a flaw in our, in our whole model right there, because that means those numbers are not correct across the board. <laughs> so how can we base how much we're going to raise it off of based off of those numbers? So it's like we're taking this little bit of a rise to put a Band-Aid on a hemorrhaging wound when, in fact, we need to tourniquet the wound and actually you know, amputate the limb and, and do the drastic thing to fix the problem. And I don't think we're going to do that because if we were to say, do that drastic thing to change it, the fed would go under the U S dollar would not be the powerhouse. And then if the USA is not the kingpin, like, of course, they're not going to do anything that makes us weaker as a country. So uh, I don't think there is a good solution, right? We've entered the stagflation overall because our GDP is not going up. It's yeah. staying the same slash slowly going down. We're not producing as much. Much, right. So if we're not producing as much, the reason we have all the debt to ourselves in the future is because we're supposed to be more efficient the more we move on. And since we haven't done that, how are we going to pay back all of our debts? Right. So in a, in a sense, we've dug our we, we keep kicking the can down the road. When does it finally crumble? Yeah, we can kick the can down the road as long as the Fed wants. So that's the part that sucks. They're in control. Yeah. No, and, and that's the problem is that they. They almost are kind of like in a spot where they're like, hey, just, you know, let us just just trust us. We, we're looking at everything. We're going to do it. We're not going to tell you why we're doing what we're doing. We're not going to tell you the details because someone had commented even on the stream. They're like, Tim, I don't think you know the information that they know. And I'm like, I I think they know a lot of information. And then their their motivations and their concerns have less to do, less to do with actually helping the economy, more to do with what their public perception is. Uh, obviously, it would be great for their public perception to fix the economy. But we got to a place where it just bled so bad that, uh, you know, you went farther with the uh, with the uh, analogy and said, well, it might just be time to amputate. Uh, you know, I think we've always used the, you know, it's time to rip the bandaid off. But you went even more severe with uh, might be time to put the tourniquet on and, and amputate and they're not going to do that because of course the immediate backlash they would get the immediate pain that people would feel uh would scream at them and and so what they, like you said they're kicking the can down the road uh they're more worried about what people think of them and how a person who doesn't understand what's happening is going to feel again we went we knew this two years ago when we got those checks we understood oh this is very very helpful for now Oh, we're going to pay for this later. And now later has come and people don't want to pay for it. And the Fed knows they don't want to pay for it. So it's like, well, we'll, we'll push later on. And the other thing I'm going to transition to another question. So I was listening to, I was actually talking with a friend of mine. He's not in crypto. I think he's slightly invested in crypto, but he's not a crypto guy. He's a business guy. I think he's actually more involved with real estate, but he pays attention to these things as uh, a lot. And he said, you know, another thought is we might need to just go ahead and brace ourselves that Inflation's just not going to get fixed this time around. Inflation might become the, the stability might happen. Consistency might happen. What is that consistency? The consistency is we should just expect the dollar to continue to die by 8% every single year. And as long as that's predictable and we understand there's a rhythm to it, we'll just learn to live with that. What are your thoughts about that? Do you think that's a high probability, a high possibility? And if so, how would you respond to that? 
No, I, I think that's actually a very, very good point, right? Because at some point, you know, like I, it's the straw that breaks the camel's back, right? If we go back on the Dow Jones, we can go back to 1896 on data and we can follow all of what's happened in our financial history since, you know, the 1900s. That's a good amount of data. That's 100 and, you know, almost 30 years of data. And we can see how wars have affected. We can see what happened when we switched off of the gold standard. Bretton Woods, we moved to the petrodollar basically. You know, yes. we can see the stock market in the 80s and 90s when we had a huge bubble, right? This is when, you know, I feel like what we're doing right now in crypto is the same as the the early 80s guys. Like all of us are like the stock ones, like, you know, you can't beat us. We're making tons of money. And then, you know, they're jumping out of buildings because of the first crash, right? This is like that same time further on. Well, as we watch all of this stuff go, we can also watch the dollar go down from its existence. It's yeah. losing its value because it's not backed by anything Yep. when it was backed by gold previously. Right. There was at least something physically there that had to be it, you know, like there's something you can transfer for, but you know, the back in the twenties or was it, I don't remember what early 1900s, they actually forced people to bring their gold in to transfer, you know, to get the dollar, mm-hmm. you know, like it was illegal if you kept the gold and used didn't use the dollar. So, you know, we could see as this whole progression has gone that, this isn't going to last and we're going to finally fall off that cliff. So if we were to fall off that cliff, something's got to replace the financial system. This is where Bitcoin, you know, can become the standard. This is where crypto can become the foundation of e-commerce across Mm. the globe. And in order for that to happen, you know, everybody who wants to have their own coin that's, you know, they're in control of be the powerhouse, you know, that's always going to end up being our failure, our downfall of society. And that's mm-hmm. just the greed. So I, I, yeah. I hope it, it, there's a nice smooth transition for it, but in the end, like it's going to be a bad thing, you know, like yeah. people who are not going to be able to afford to eat people are not, are they going to the, you know, tent row in LA is going to get much worse. So yeah. it's not going to be a happy time, but in the end, something better will take well, over. And this is kind of the, the healing process. You know, you're talking about tent city in, in LA in California. Well, guess where a lot of Californians are moving right out there to Texas. So you're going to start having tent city out there in Texas. Well, it's already here. We yeah, have it yeah. in uh, Fort Worth and Dallas. Yeah. So uh, deep Ellum used to be a really nice artsy area in downtown Dallas. And I mean, now that after 10 o'clock, like don't recommend going there, there's been shootings, you know, there's tons Mm. of uh, homeless on the streets. It's sad, you know, and it's, uh, it, there's just not an easy fix, unfortunately. Well, I think it's interesting, even what you were kind of getting at there of like people, especially I think in, in crypto, we've been programmed to think very utopically. You know what I mean? Like we like we re- recognize where we're at currently with the dollar is 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 uh, a raw uh, is a uh, almost dystopian. Right. But like we always think everything in crypto is like the answer to everything. Right. Mm. And the problem is we don't realize that with the transition to Bitcoin, it's not going to be this glorious moment where everyone's sunshines and parades and this flying up to the clouds with riches upon riches. It's really going to be painful and gritty and dark. And it's the, it's because the, the replacing of one system with another, it leaves kind of a gap where things are very, very painful. Uh, and, and that's the, that's the thing that comes with the, with the crypt, with, uh, the, this transition to Bitcoin. And I even, I think I, I, I really agree with the idea of saying it's going to take us actually rallying behind Bitcoin as a community 
more importantly, because at the end of the day, everyone, like you said, is going to have their project. They're going to have their thing that they want to have their control over. And mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to end up with the Litecoins and the Bitcoin caches and all these things that are trying to do the same, exact same thing because they want their system to do it. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if we're just going to continue to be that sporadic about it, there's, we're not going to be able to replace the system with another system. And then we're just all going to end up, you know, in the dumpster, you know? So um, that's kind of the way I, I like the way you put it there. So. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, another thought I had to keep hoping for the best. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Another thought I had, you know, when you're talking about earlier, of course, uh, the U S dollar being backed by nothing. You know, I, I, I know we say that all the time and and I understand why we say it because we're used to it being backed by gold, which is hard money. The truth is the dollar is, is backed by something. And this is, this is what we're, I think people need to wake up and get there. (laughs) Well, you know what it's backed by? It's backed by the word of the government. Cause even like what we're going to see happen right now with what they're trying to do, with what they're doing with interest rates coming in and bringing bringing them up. And they're going to try to influence people to invest back in the U S dollar. There's going to be bonds. People are going to buy, especially investors. They're going to stop looking. And and this is what we're kind of seeing over the last couple hours. NASDAQ's going down. Crypto's going down. There's an incentive to kind of shift your investments into bonds and what you're doing you know, obviously with bonds is you're buying debt and you're taking the government at their word like when we say the dollar's not backed by anything the dollar is backed by something the dollar is backed by the word of the US government and i don't care who you are whether you are a republican whether you're a democrat whether you're on the right whether you're on the left whether you're in the middle i don't think any any individual in the united states actually truly trusts the government they might have periods where they like the power more Absolutely than not. other. But I, I think it's so funny. It's so funny that the left and right get split so much when in all reality they have the common enemy. They just they at, angry at them for different reasons. One way or another, though, we don't trust the government. And yet this continuation of our desire to rely upon the U.S. dollar, I understand the security aspect. It's what we've been operating on. Uh, for a lot of people, it's all they ever knew. But there are people still old enough to remember when there was sound, hard money. Now, I don't know how many are alive and, and conscious of remembering when the dollar was fully backed by gold. But what they do remember is at least a little more security. And this is the problem is that dollar is backed by the word of the government. What happens is one central entity then controls and dictates the the value and tells everyone what the value is. Bitcoin, what makes it so special? And again, I know this is simplistic, but I feel like people need to be reminded of this all the time because you can say you know something and then you forget and you forget the urgency is that all of us come together, all of us who are upset with the governments. And it's not just the United States government that we're upset with. We're upset with government, centralized governments all over the planet. Instead of getting our value from them, we can come together and decide the value of our money. And I love that eventually eventually we will get there. Eventually, it's just the flow of power, the flow of currency is that corruption happens and it distorts and it it centralizes authority, but money always finds its way back to the hardest money. Now, the argument could be, I guess, uh, it doesn't have to be Bitcoin. There's nothing magical about Bitcoin that says it has to be Bitcoin. Although I will say, being is that Bitcoin, by definition of what hard money is, would be the hardest money the world has ever seen. Do you think that there is a chance that Bitcoin's not that money, that 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 hard money that money flows into. Do you think there's a chance something else takes its place? I know, for example, Elon. I think I don't know if he's joking or not, but he'll joke that Doge is that. Do you have a thought about that? 
I 100% think that in the end, Bitcoin may not be the number one tell-all because in the end, something always will overtake it, right? We are a race of constantly evolving uh, our technology and trying to um, advance, right? If we think back when our just, you know, our primal, you know, times, you know, there was literally we didn't we did everything by hand right like let's just keep it simple there's stuff by hand and then we moved into technical revolution where we started creating and innovating you know i the simplest thing of just smelting down iron and adding other alloys to make harder metals and forging i mean you have to think about just the knowledge base we had to create as a species growing right so now i think of bitcoin right bitcoin Right now, the idea of blockchain taking over finance, I think that's the concept that, yes, for sure, Bitcoin and blockchain will do. But later on, there will be other blockchains that do other things that Bitcoin can't. We already see that. Right. But there's room for both. Yeah. Um, In the end, I think, you know, this is the part that's hard for a lot of crypto people. We're like uh, little cults for each one of the coins we like. And I I really don't like that. You know, and as I said, me loving XRP, I cannot tell you how much shit I've had just for that. And of course, I've never sour or mean to anybody because in the end, I want this to be a more positive space where we're all supporting each other as crypto enthusiasts and i would like to say you know future development of our species you know we're like we're trying to develop technologize everything that we're doing and um yeah i think something will replace bitcoin but it'll take a while yeah so you do think eventually bitcoin will be replaced at the top Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's gonna. It's not gonna be anytime soon. So anybody thinks yeah. it's gonna get taken tomorrow? I don't think so. You know, like if could we potentially have Ethereum pass it in uh, market capitalization um, for a bit? Yeah. Sure. Mm. But you know, in the end, there there's still the you know Papa King Bitcoin that that started oh. this all right. And right now, it also has one of the large. It well, it has the largest network of running miners. Right. Yeah. I, there's no other one that's doing that. So it is the biggest network. Now there's arguments like be made whether it's the most secure and stuff but in the end it's still pretty damn secure yeah for what yeah. it is so right it yeah. is the best form of money we have globally that is widespreadly used well not utilized. to mention there's nothing that is even at the the uh, at the adoption scale of bitcoin at the moment like there's i don't see anything and being even close to not even ethereum is even close to taking the the, the place that Bitcoin has in the world of already like Bitcoin's already mm-hmm. getting to the point where it's it's reached its adoption where it can just be used as money. Right. Nothing else has really taken that space yet. It's not nothing's at the forefront of regulators minds and uh, government's minds. And, you know, there's not a country that's adopted anything but Bitcoin at this point in, yeah. in terms of, you know, there's not a country that's adopted Ethereum. So there, there's that to keep in mind. And the reason I think that and, and I, that's why I'm, I was I, I kind of perked up when I when you're like, well, I think something could pass Bitcoin. But, Obviously, something could pass it. But my thought at this point, again, with that hard money, you know, that that concept, if you've read uh, the Bitcoin standard and uh, and then I haven't gotten to get all the way through it yet. But even the fiat standard that uh, Safadian Amos talks about, he's talking about the flow of money and he's talking about uh, how it's impacted and what, you know, from his background of economics, why Bitcoin makes so much sense. He talks about that flow. It's just it's just a, it's like a law. It's like a, almost like a universal law that as humans are looking for currency to be 
be uh, the foundation of our value because that's that is what it is. Ultimately, currency is always just a good systematic way to store value so that we have basic ability to trade because that's really what it boils down to. Early civilization, they didn't have currencies. They traded things straight up. But then, of course, there's situations where it's like, all right, there's not a really proper way to trade this. So we need some form of an IOU, some form of a solid store of value so that we can trust each other and we can agree on things. So that for that reason, we'll always flow to the hardest money. Now, corruption can get involved and disrupt, dis, disrupt it, but then we can transfer. So here's the deal. I think Bitcoin is the, is the, the big king. It is it. It is actually, I'm not going to say the word perfect because few things in this world are perfect, uh, but it is the most perfect form of currency we've ever seen. So let's start right there. Maybe something else down the road could be better, but right now as it stands, it's the most perfect form of currency the world has ever seen. You can't physically manipulate it. It is solid. There is no way to produce any more of it. 21 million is the cap. And I know people who don't understand crypto are going to say, oh, well, it's just code. Can't you manipulate the code? No, you can't manipulate the code unless you have a massive overhaul of votes, which every single day as the adoption spreads becomes harder and harder and harder to get. It's going to be such a solid form of money. And again, not perfect, but so close to perfect. Will there be a need? Because what we want to flow into is hard money. If our world flows into hard money, and whether that's Bitcoin directly, whether that's the Lightning Network, whether that's a Bitcoin-backed stablecoin, one way or another, once we flow into that solid hard money, what will be the reason or demand or need to go to a different one? So, for example, at one point, there was a solid money, those large rocks, those large stones. This is talked about in the Bitcoin standard, and they would make marks on them. And, and it's not that gold didn't exist back then, and I'm sure that they found sparkling little rocks that we know now as gold, but why didn't they just shift over to gold right then? Because there was no need to. As long as you have a good system of hard money, you don't need to transfer. And so my my confusion, why I believe that Bitcoin will be the end-all, be-all, and I wanted to get your take here in, in a second, Harry, is Bitcoin is going to be the most solid and closest to perfect currency the world has ever seen. Once we utilize it that way, why will there ever be a need or desire, even if something cooler comes out, what will be the demand or reason to shift everything over to a different currency? I think the biggest thing that is going to end up uh, coming after Bitcoin, and like I said, you make very, very, very good points. And I um, just because I always like to try to pull the contrarian. Yeah, no, that's what I want. Keep us bias as popular. Um, the reason why I think Bitcoin may not be the end all be all is purely because when we look at, let's say, just companies in general, and this may not even be a good correlation, but we look at Google, um, there was Netscape, IBM, all of these companies, as the development of the internet rose, they've, they went from you know top 10 to number one to now they don't even exist anymore, mm -hmm. right? And the reason why is they were not able to innovate or keep up with their said competitors. Um, and the reason I said this may not be a good um, comparison is because Bitcoin isn't a company. It's literally a foundational currency or, or you know, um, means of exchange platform and storing value. Um, so I think that if Bitcoin can be used as say the backing, like you were talking about before, CBDC, yeah. which um, anything like that, and it can be transferred and used under the commerce that we're doing now, then it can and will will stay at the top. The the contrarian argument to this is that you know Bitcoin mining, the whole eco sustainability push, that is a big 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 push in our world, right? You know, everybody wants to stay green and do things like that. Well, right now we're hindering Bitcoin's innovation because people are not wanting Bitcoin if it doesn't have renewable energy or anything, right? So in a sense, we're kind of setting ourselves backwards yeah. because of 
you know, whatever you want to call it, another another topic or projects affecting the results of this one, right? Because yeah. I just don't, you know, and I definitely pro, you know, taking care of our world environment. But you know, the in the end, these are all media strung out wrong narratives for each, right? Because right. Bitcoin's mining, a lot of it is used for tons of places, renewable energy, and then actually the heat produced from the miners is used in heating homes, and like they make mm-hmm. little ecosystems out of this, right? So where were those papers out? Nobody talks about those Bitcoin miners yet, right? They only just talk about the negative thing. So if Bitcoin can't keep up with that and the actual narrative drive of how much energy is required to utilize this amount of uh, form of money, you know, the media can strive people to think and the that just was what takes longer for us to adopt more people into it, right? That's what's hindering us now is we have governments trying to regulate against it because they don't want it there because we're replacing their currency, right? Yeah. So now we take another thing. They take, oh, well, we definitely can't have it as our currency because it's not energy efficient, right? They're going to keep throwing everything at it. So the fact that something else can potentially do the same thing, right, and still be a store of value... I think that there's always something new that can come up with, right? Because if you asked me in 2008, do you think anything about Bitcoin? Do you think that'll exist? I would have said no, right? But yeah. you asked me 10 years later, and I, I can see that now plus 10 times more. Yeah. So who knows what we're going to be able to go? So I never want to say, like, this is this is it. I, I think that, you know, as a species, we will always be advancing. And Bitcoin may be here for 2140, wait, last block mine, go another couple centuries. But then after that, they find something better, right? I see saying so as, as technology continues to develop this is just the most sophisticated kind that that's a solid argument i think the other the other one you made and i know you weren't making the defense of this saying that that's your concern but i that is it for me as well the the argument of what could kill bitcoin and i can, i don't think it will but people's environmental concerns as silly as we might say they are the other thing about value, like I said, it is all about the, the all of us agreeing from the outside to determine it. If a large portion of society decides, nope, I'm not touching another 10-foot pole due to environmental concerns, whether they are right or not, that will impact the value, and another one will be able to swoop in. Again, I think those concerns will be handled, but I'll, that's an interesting conversation. Glad I, glad I got your take on it. I think that that is really, really yeah, interesting. No uh, what are your thoughts, though? You can, we kind of touched on it there for a second. What are your thoughts, then, about uh, some of these stable coins potentially even seeing a, a Bitcoin or, you know, maybe an Ethereum or any other crypto backed stablecoin, potentially even it being the future of currency. Yeah. So, I mean, the stable coins in a sense are we what we're doing is, is we're taking our balance sheet off of, you know, whatever we're taking it now and then putting it on the blockchain. So having a CBDC is is nice in the sense that we can keep track of everything and, you know, monitor it. But in the sense, it's still giving control. And, you know, this is one of the things I dislike about CBDCs is when they issue it and you use it, you're going to have to set up some sort of KYC, right? Yeah. And, you know, like, of course, I'm KYC on all of my platforms. I have to pay taxes. Like, but I know not everybody feels the same way. And if that's the case, you know, and like I said, my true core is decentralization. Just unfortunately, I cannot do that. They would kick me out of the country. Right. <laughs> if yeah. I was like, no, I do this on my own. So, you know, as we're, um, you know, trying to push towards just decentralization here, um, the government having CBDCs, they're going to be able to track everything that you do, right? Because every single thing. So now let's think of the bots that are going to get created under CBDCs. They're going to start tracking anybody. So let's say there's a wallet associated with Nike. 
anybody who purchased that Nike thing, that wallet address is now going to get tagged with a Nike hash. And like I, I'm doing this right now with our whitelist members, because as we whitelist people for certain NFT drops and things like that, I can take your wallet address. And now by using the, the Ethereum standards, I can put in parameters. And if it's met, well, now what if I want to take that data, add it to an Excel sheet? Now I want to curate like, oh, anybody with this does this. Well, that's what's going to happen. And everything that we're suffering now with Twitter and all these other non-free speech platforms is going to come to here right and that's the thing i'm worried about with cbdc cbdc's is a way to onboard a lot of individuals who have no idea what they're doing but in a sense kind of get their debt so i'm i'm kind of torn i'm still kind of thinking out scenarios and kind of going from there but i'm a little worried about cbdc's yeah personally but yeah they could definitely help with pushing us towards zero fiat 100% crypto and bitcoin right so you know it's one of those double edged swords that you just got to play with delicately yeah that's true well i I mean i think even i think in my perspective right i think obviously bitcoin is the i think the next development right that's where we're at now but also there's not there's nothing to say that bitcoin in its current form is going to be what takes over the u.s dollar right i think the u.s dollar has a good amount of years left in it and and i think we've not hit a, a point as a society where we're feeling pain enough that we've hit that point where bitcoin's gonna come in and swoop in and save the day but even then like what we were talking about with with stable coins i i, I agree with you on cbdc's i think that's i think it's absolutely horrible what i do see though is I think the way we've just the technological, just the the technology behind Bitcoin and and the the way that it works in its current form, I think the next evolution of Bitcoin is it being more treated like gold, like it has been uh, as that gold hedge against inflation asset, uh, rather than being a, it's a, a money in its own in its own you know like a regular exchange money, and so I could definitely see there being uh, I don't even want to use the word dollar, but I could see there being a a a money that is backed by Bitcoin. And I think if anything, that would, to me, I think that a, uh, a stable coin, almost like maybe like Terra, uh, Terra USD or something like that, that is its value is, is backed by Bitcoin uh, and almost bringing us back as a, as a society to a gold standard, except this time it would be a Bitcoin standard. Um, I could see that absolutely happening. And, and I think it just, it would streamline the entire process. Um, so where now, you don't have to be blockchain savvy as a person, right? Mm. You like that. Let's leave that to the central, the, or to the, uh, to the government. Right. Um, because I think that's the biggest hurdle right now in crypto, crypto adoption adoption is the, the complexity. Um, it's the user friendliness. Uh, and you can always argue that the next generation will get a handle on it and that's yeah. fine. But the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, the path of least resistance is the one that will get taken. So if you can save the complicated details for the, for the, the governments and the, the professionals. And now from, for us, as we're exchanging, we're using a, you know, a Bitcoin dollar essentially. I think it makes it easy. It accelerates the adoption in, in my opinion. I, I, but I even think you're seeing some of that, like with what we just saw the announcement from Bitcoin 2022 from Strike. That I know, Sme, you've been on record saying that you want it to be simple, a little simpler, because Apple Pay, you just click it, boom. And this one with what Strike has with Cash App, there are probably two or three steps, but it is getting simpler. Also, you know, with what we're talking about blockchain, I believe that society absolutely needs to grow in the knowledge of blockchain because of things that we talked about on this channel. And I've heard 
heard talked about other places. For example, NFT. So this is where Harry's going to get Absolutely, really involved. Yeah. And I'm not talking about art form. I'm not talking about the society needs to get better at learning how to buy monkey pictures and <laughs> different animals. I'm saying they need to learn how to operate NFTs because that's the future of uh, lock, like contracts. That's the future of your birth certificate, how your driver's license, your the deed to your house. This is how businesses are going to transact. Digital and records. Sure they trust each other. Yeah. And, and it's all going to be instantaneous because that's the other thing. What is, I mean, this nonsense and it pisses people off that when you're doing these deals, all the lawyers have to get involved because of all the legalese and all the time and all the, the different jumpsuits versus I want to sell you my car. I just, you give me yeah, my money. NFT. I get that money. I send you the NFT. You get it instantaneously. Done deal. We don't have to deal with a bunch of crap. Uh, what are your thoughts about that, Harry, about the future of not just the United States, but world adoption of blockchain technology? No, I, I 100% think that's exactly where it's going to move forward. Uh, I think real estate is probably going to be one of the first uh, places yeah. because, uh, you know, being able to track, there's, you know, tons of databases that you can link to, whether if you're a realtor, you can see a lot more, um, you know, real estate's all I do now on the side besides the crypto. So, you know, like I said, this house here, uh, we're trying to get another house, but unfortunately uh, somebody outbid me. I was like, oh my God, I thought I was bidding a lot. Um, but yeah, the when you use NFTs in this, manner again it cuts out a lot of the friction because a lot of the friction that we've created in the u.s government everywhere else is these like long strings you know like just to get your passport renewed you got to do this like 90 step thing and it takes like five or six weeks right mm. well why does it have to be that hard so i definitely think as we move into the future here that nfts can can grasp and and, and take this weight or burden in and the whole point of this is understanding the whole definition of you know NFT and the roots of it. And in NFT, it just comes down to non-fungible token. You know, well, what the hell is a fungible token? Well, a fungible yeah. token is just any dollar or any regular Bitcoin XRP. If I give you one XRP and then somebody else gives me one and we just keep trading, in the end, we all still have one of that cryptocurrency. The part that makes it non-fungible, when we go from now just not a store of value, but we go to a store of data in the mm -hmm. actual NFT, this is where we can put and actually go crazy. Like you said, we can put the deed of a house. We can have a picture. We can have... Um, whatever you want interacting with a smart contract. It could be an insurance policy, right? It, anything that you can imagine that we do already now can be put on the blockchain and then we can cut out a lot of access because if it's on the blockchain and everybody follows the standards of that said blockchain, like trying to pull or curate data is very, very easy because if you just look for searching and a set amount of attributes, you can pull anything you need from there. So to, you know, move into the future of everything that we're doing, why do we need to have all of these different, I guess, platforms that offer the same thing. Like if you go to a point of sale software at like Macy's, it's going to be different than Kohl's. And the reason why is they want to have their own proprietary thing. Well, because of that, you now don't have access to this data, which makes innovating and progressing harder. So if we start doing everything now on this one standard, we can progress, make everything cleaner, easier, and accountable people can't duplicate it they can't falsify it and i said you know the in the end this is the way that blockchain takes over and i think the adoption will work kind of backwards this route will have more people get on board over time than just trying to get people to invest in it because most people just hear about bitcoin as an investment and they don't understand the rest of it yeah yeah well you know i have a, a question about nfts for you harry and this is going to change sure. the mood a little bit from more serious to silly uh, do you have any advice 
both as a guy who knows way more about NFTs than us and as a former vet, uh, you know, May's about to start. He's working on starting an NFT line all with turtles. And, and what is the purpose of the NFT line again? It's uh, it's just a, it's it's an art drop uh, for charity, right? So it's just going to be for the turtle conservation. It's going to be basically the top 10 uh, most endangered species of turtles and tortoises. And uh, it's just going to be 10 different pieces of art that you can auction on. Uh, and all that, all the money made on that project is going to go to uh, turtle conservation charities. So that's what I'm working on right now. Nice. So, yeah. Okay. Any any words of advice for Smay on this? <laughs> yeah, uh, on my yeah, NFT no, journey. Um, um, it's uh, the the when it comes to a project, you know, most people just throw around the the utility word. That's all they want to hear about is like, what is it going to do? Um, but I think a lot of people are missing the whole point of what a lot of the NFT communities have done, and that's just built a community. It's a group yeah. of people who are like minded, not only in crypto but also more focused on something more specific. So in this case saving and helping turtles, helping the environment, right? I'm a vet, so I'm always pro saving animals. Yeah. That's just in me, right? Yeah. So if, um, you know, the biggest thing would be to like, you know, ask the people on the channel, like, hey, if you guys like animal conservation stuff, check out my Discord. And like, this is, you know, we always help the, set up a discord this is where the actual developers founders can be very close with the community and interact right so for dash league our game or for estn which is the esports side um you know like i'll hop into the discords chat with uh, the different people you know like what would you like to see like what can we do better mm -hmm. um also host uh, giveaways and things like that so um I think that would be the best thing to do is just more just starting on the community. Um, you know, you when you have a good cause like that, you can tag people outside of the crypto world and just let them know that you're trying to do something to help. Um, I try to attend as many events as possible because there you get to meet awesome people. Like, you know, I was, didn't have the chance to meet you guys in Miami, but, you know, uh, I'll be at con hopefully consensus in Austin. Yeah. I think you're going to come. But um, always in L.A. and different places. So, you know, I'll get to meet you there. But when you're there, you know, I usually just wear a shirt with like a QR code on the back. And then my phone also has like my Linktree QR code on it. Oh, that's good. And, yeah. you know people see the QR code and they're just curious, right? Like, what the hell is this? And then they get it. And then on there, you know, my link tree, it's like, if you had more questions, come say hi, I'm, I won't bite, you know? <laughs> yeah. So like a turtle. Would. It's uh, yeah. well, turtles. It's, yeah. It's just literally more <laughs> building the community. Yeah. No, I mean the, the biggest thing now, I think this is me, uh, just kind of getting my feet wet. I, I think I'm going to start doing kind of like uh, just, an, it's going to be about the art and, and it's just going to be, you know, limited run it's just gonna be an auction off of these these 10 pieces of art kind of like you know beeple-esque just nft art and then i think this is gonna be based on the just being able to get my feet wet learning more about the nft community and just kind of talking to people about it i think this will be my intro into just let me just get my feet wet get some nfts out and then maybe actually look into starting an actual kind of like living project a living breathing yeah. project that continues over time um that that is what i'm kind of exploring it, it now the more i've learned though the more i've seen it's it really is like its own business like you know it takes time it's like there's actual management involved into it yes. so uh, i think i'm i'm a little bit i'm a little ways away from committing that kind of time into a project but um in the meantime you know 
keep your eyes out for the uh, turtle NFT drop. If you care about turtle conservation, you can probably uh, you could buy one of these NFTs, limited edition, and uh, pay for uh, some turtles' health and happiness. So that's uh, a yeah. that's yeah, what well, it's all more than happy to help. And yeah. you said uh, when it comes to the time to doing the actual like auction and launch, yeah. um, we've had really good success with a couple different marketing campaigns, and I'll just email them over to you so you can it's it's just basically when you announce something to how long should your twitter run with yeah. like a certain promo to have mm. like the most odds so cool yeah, more than yeah. Happy to help. awesome sounds good sounds good that's cool so uh now just to kind of pivot a little bit uh i, I like to ask this question to all of our guests uh because usually all of our guests have uh since getting into cryptocurrency and getting into that space, they've want, kind of pivoted into uh, an influencer. They want to talk about it. They want to get involved. So I, I want to ask you, like, as you've started to build a community around yourself with your, you know, with your projects or even like with your channel and your different, your different social media platforms, how is be being a cryptocurrency influencer now kind of changed the way you see this space? And uh, how has that changed the way you invest in cryptocurrency? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I think the biggest thing I've seen since then is I see the dark side of crypto more than I did before because I hear more of the the horror stories of people getting tricked and scammed. Yeah. So I think yeah. it, it it drives me more to want to help educate. And you know, uh, me and Kelly always try to do the the crypto answered. You know, we wanted to do something that was just you know like this, chill and easier. And uh, you know, we we're hoping that we've been able to teach more and more people. So um, I think that's the biggest thing that's changed. And you know. I, it, it's kind of a heartbreaker because you never want to hear somebody who's you know yeah. been got into crypto been loving it follows you and a bunch of other people and then all of a sudden their ledger got emptied mm. so that's the part that i think i've uh disliked the most but you know in the end that's the goal that we're trying to fight um and i guess the biggest thing in me that's changed since there is i've just wanted to do more i wanted to dive more into the tech i wanted to be less uh just you know trying to influence and educate on investing in crypto and understanding it to more you know like if, what else can it do and it's kind of why i dove so deep into nfts and you know i mean at this point i've been learning how to code and i'm not good at it at all but it's <laughs> understanding a lot of the technical aspects that you know can really break down why this is so powerful compared to you know what we started beforehand and just like the internet this is gonna go absolutely crazy yeah it's mm, awesome yeah well you know real quick uh you know transitioning over to price i think this people are watching this either saturday or later so this you gotta bear with us on this one but it's an interesting concept because i didn't see this coming i made a video actually uh that you know people are going to go back and watch it thursday but i want to hear your thought on bitcoin price in the moment harry uh so in case you haven't looked at a chart recently there's a wick right now on the daily chart or i guess it's on any chart in the last little bit we went down all the way to 35600 <coughs> What's cool, and we're not going to, you know, people aren't watching the chart here, so I'm going to walk through it. But if you were to go back to the low wick that we had back in January, all the way to that peak that we had here back in uh, the end of March, and you're using the FIB retracement, we are sitting right now at the 0.786, which is the last level on the FIB retracement before you just go back down to match your bottom and then potentially set a new bottom. Do you think that we're going to see here in the next couple of days or weeks a new bottom for the year or do you think that we're currently sitting in a bull tra uh, bear trap and that bitcoin is actually about to rally here over the weekend 
Yeah, I uh, I don't think necessarily we're in a bear trap. I I think you know the of all the different plans that I've you know gone through on technical analysis that like some sort of sideways flat top correction in an mm. Elliott wave seems like the best probable play out for a bullish you know a large bullish to a quarter million plus and right now i think uh, we are chilling either on like the 100 week or 100 day moving average um which you know we haven't come back to touch or test since i think covid was when i was checking i hope i'm speaking correctly um but right now i i think until we go below about twenty eight thousand and set a lower low mm. that i am still we're still in the same pattern and unfortunately it's just a very long consolidation uh so I, I'm going to still stay on the, the aspect that I don't think we're going to go back to the 20s. Um, yeah. If we do go to the 20s, I, I think it's more it, it's not related to just Bitcoin or anything on how it's doing. It's just the whole world and economy. Everybody is scared yeah. and we're going to be pulling money to save. And, you know, we can't afford goods right now because of inflation. So if anybody was hoarding any type of commodities, they were going to have to sell those in order to pay things. So we're stuck in that limbo. So yeah. uh, I, I don't think we'll go down to 20. I still kind of stick by what I said on BitBoy Crypto, I guess, two or three months ago. I think we'll see 50,000 before we see anything below 30,000. Well, I think if, yeah, I think if we can get above 50,000, we might be done with, uh, with the twenties anyway, for that's returning. Here's another thing. You live in Texas. Have you happened to, uh, when you're talking about stacking up commodities for the future, have you drilled yet in your backyard to see if you got some oil back there? <laughs> you keep bringing it back to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. You need to check. You need to check there. Cause, cause that's what, I mean, that's what we talked about on the channel here. Like, so, you know, Bitcoin's going to go down based off of the, well, I thought that Bitcoin's going to go up first. My point was, I thought that based off of what Joel and Powell announced, that was going to kind of put a pause in the in the real boost of Bitcoin being able to get back to all-time high and maybe start going to 100,000. I think that between 30 to 50 is realistic. I just thought we'd go up at least into the 40s before this. Uh, so we're coming down, though, and I, I've been on record. I, I like the $32,000 level. I think there's a lot of bullish reasons why that price action would be very nice to have. But at the same time, like you said, if we're looking at the Dixie, the dollar technically is up on the chart. But Food's not getting cheaper. Gas isn't getting cheaper. Property value isn't, you know, it's not going to be easier to buy things. The cost of living is going to go up. So it's, it's yeah, my frustration with this whole thing is it, it seems like you're not going to be able to win with the US dollar and you're not going to be able to win with your assets and your commodities. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you agree with that statement or do you think there's something different happening there? No, I don't. I said, you know, we're, we're stuck here and you're not going to be safe anywhere. It's, no. it's, it, there, you'll be safe for a certain time window, right? Mm. But are you going to be able to move to everything when it's exactly at its highest point? Absolutely not, right? So right now, people are hedging towards things like, I mean, they will, in my opinion, move back to Bitcoin. But right now, that's not the main goal. As yeah. far as the big old school investors, they're going to go to commodities, I believe. Yeah. Especially a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of like uh, of the foods grains and things like that grains and rice sorry mm. couldn't think of the yeah. term <laughs> yeah well the things you that you eat <laughs> last crypto question and then we'll wrap this up <laughs> harry give me a date and i'm going to hold you to it give me a date the bitcoin hits 100,000 date bitcoin hits 100,000 yeah. all right what is it this is may 5th oh it's cinco de mayo yeah oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. people listening don't hear this until uh cinco the Siente. uh Siente. <laughs> Yeah, well, if we just follow... The oh, no, why do I say single, single fifth, seven? It's uh, Sente de Mayo. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Cinco is five. Yeah. Spanish. We're, we're silly. I need to work on my Spanish that There's I know none of. Something than, like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'm going to go... 
we hit a hundred thousand, let's do December fourth. Well, so before twenty twenty two. This year, let's just do that. Wow, I, keep I, mean, I might say December twenty, a uh, December of twenty twenty three. Before I say December, I don't think we're gonna get it this year. I'm gonna say December. I like, it. Of I like the bravery. I like the bravery. I like the prediction. And I, you know what? In all reality, well, I really the, hope you're right. To back it, I mean, it's purely just basing it off of the how long it was between the COVID crash to our first peak. Um, take the consolidation from that dump back up to 69 to where we are now and then double it it puts us out to um first place is december and then the next point would be may so you know it's a six month interval every time you go yeah so i just picked okay. the first one to keep it exciting we'll i like it happens. i like that prediction happens. even though i might disagree with it but i do hope it comes true harry last thing where can if anyone wants to hear more from you where can they find you is it are you just on twitter or youtube and where would they find you if they went to those places yeah um uh, my link tree would probably be the best way it's just uh link tree dot slash crypto vet i guess um because right now i'm uh, you know trying to help build out a couple communities for um the nft projects that we're working on which we will be announcing here in the next uh, week or two. So, you know, please stay tuned and check out my Twitter. Um, my YouTube will be coming back online here soon. Um, haven't posted much on it since I've been doing more with the Twitter spaces coming on with you guys and other shows. So, um, yeah, that's the yeah. best place to, to come and see me. Well, I'll tell you what, you're going to be able to find that link tree down in the description below. Yes, We're going to make sure we get it from Harry after. Thank you so much for coming on today, Harry, a.k.a. Crypto Vet. Thanks. We always love having you on this channel. I look forward to having you on here again soon. But that's all we have for this episode of Between Two Coins. Make sure you tune in again, not only next week for Between Two Coins, but every single morning, Monday through Friday, 10 to 11, for Coffee and Crypto Live. We will see you guys in the next video or next podcast. Peace. Whoa! Wow! Look at this guy. He watched the entire video. What a cool guy. I think the next thing that he wants to do is hit the like button and then probably even subscribe to the channel. And perhaps even comment down below what he thought. That that would be pretty cool. Wow. What a cool guy. I got a real good feeling.